Kirk, so Emily found it on YouTube, and she went out there and uh, put up my first pitch for the Angels a few years ago. Did you get a chance to look at it? Yeah, I took a look at it, man. And? It was nice and easy. <laughs> you made it look easy. Well, that's what's the, what's the whole idea, right? It looked like you actually look like a coach. Like, you know, the <laughs> coach that throws batting practice? <laughs> well, right, here we go, fellas. Here we go. Just <laughs> like, I right, do that. throw a lot of batting practice, so maybe that's that That could be part of it. I throw batting practice to my kid all the time. It was a little bit of that short garm action. But here, I got that's a question because yep. you, just, you just said something that we can add this to the list. DeMarco has accused me of this. Keyshawn has accused me of this. You just said it. And then this kind of goes a little bit hand in glove with what we were talking about last week where everybody thought I looked like a cop on vacation. <laughs> When I was when I was gone a couple of weeks ago, why does everybody think I look like a coach? What 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 vibe am I putting out there that says, "Oh, that's not a former athlete; that's a coach who's out there just kind of doing his thing"? I need to know what I'm doing. Well, I mean, from that pitch, that's what I'm saying. Like, you look like a coach; like you've done it before, and I think it's the the look, like the look that you have, like. You're experienced. I've done this before. It wasn't awkward. You know, there's some people who go out there, they just look awkward. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, like, oh, yeah, you've done this before. Like, that, that's what I think it is. All right, I'll, like I'll, I'll take that. that you had. Because when I, when I have my glasses on, in particular, Key says, now you look like one of those coaches with the laser pointer just going back and forth saying, see, right here, right here. Look at this guy right here. Like, I've been up for 48 hours in a row yeah. watching the same play over and now over you, again. Yeah, you do like a football coach now. Those are the football <laughs> coach glasses. Those, I've, I've had some coaches that when they put them glasses on, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> I'll take it. You walked out to the mound with kind of confidence, and then you threw it, and you're kind of like, yeah, see, guys, it's not that hard. And it's what like, I do. Yeah, you know, it's just it came out with confidence. I think that, that adds to the coach aspect of it. So I had a, a handful of friends that came out to watch that day because uh, I, I said, hey, I'm going to go do this. If you guys want, I can I can get you some tickets because the people that run the Angels had said, yeah, look, if you want to invite some people, that's cool. We got some tickets. I'm like, okay, great. And then it was incredibly generous of them to do it. But yeah. tickets were kind of far up. And they really couldn't see the go. We had a better view of the top of the foul pole than we did of what you were doing, throwing the uh, the, the ball at home plate. So to this day, they still say they couldn't they couldn't tell whether or not I got it over the plate. But it's a good deal. You got Do you have a video of yours, Kirk? We need to. No, dig I got to go find this video now. So I got to find that video. But I do have. Um, I'm gonna find this picture um, that I did play in the Dodger Celebrity Baseball Tournament softball. Oh, really? Tournament. So, yeah, there is a picture of me in a Dodgers uniform. I Ooh, will I send that. it to you guys. I'm jealous. I want to do that. That would be an <laughs> unbelievable I will send it to you. I, I wasn't full uniform, but it was good enough. Okay, we'll get to the Rams. To you, the Dodgers uniform looked kind of good on me, by the way. It looks good on everybody. You, you can't put that uniform on anybody and not have it look good. It's the best uniform in baseball. Get out of here. That, that's going to make anybody look good. You are not officially a, a citizen of this city. And like we mentioned, that uh, Emily comes from uh, the East Coast where before she joined the Travis and Sliwa show. But you had a little bit of a, uh, a welcome to L.A. moment, Emily? Yes. So I went to get coffee on Saturday. I parked near Highland Park, which is where I live. And I... I'm like, I, it's a parking metered spot. So I was like, I'm just going to run in. It's going to be nope. easy. I'm going to go nope, and I'll be right back work. out. Uh, and so, yeah. And so then it, the coffee line was longer than I anticipated. And then I walk back out and shoot, there is a parking ticket on my car. And it's also the most expensive parking ticket that I think I've ever had to pay. And How I've much? lived in other cities before. And it was, it's not great. 
Come on. No, you can't, you can't leave us hanging. How much is it for? It was $65. So, Ooh. again, it's not... How much was to... the meter for? Like a buck? <laughs> probably. You, you I see mean, how this works, right? I, exactly. Yeah. I know I'm never going to make that mistake again. I probably could have done it, but I was just like, I don't want to bother with my card and everything. But, yeah, no, it was it was a big mistake. you bother with your card now. Yeah. Yes. So what, 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 what Write that number on the back of the ticket. Yeah, yeah it was it was uh, in Highland Park area. It's, okay. Uh, but, I, again, I, that turned into a very expensive coffee run. It went from like you know five dollars to seventy dollars it's it's great you know it's awesome welcome to los angeles that's how you uh, that's how you they know right you mm. put the, that two bucks to, to park for two minutes it feels just absolutely terrible until you go back and you see that ticket on your windshield or how you can't sometimes you can get it just throw your your uh, your hazard lights on just the flashers i mean like you don't yeah, say emergency. That no, that all that does is say, "Hey, I don't have money in the meter, so come on over here and give me a ticket even faster." That em- Emily's plan was better than yours, Kirk. That uh, that was a better oh, plan. No. Yeah, the worst thing too is I had just gotten a car wash again, my first car wash oh. ever, which is kind of what? crazy to think about. Wait, I never had to get a car wash oh, before. Stop. Back up, back up, back yeah. up. I understand you get your first parking ticket in LA. That makes some sense. You've never gotten a car. Is your car just like? always do you wash it yourself like why have you never had a car wash before i don't understand <laughs> I, my car's just never been that dirty and i lived on well, the east coast where it if just rained car for yes. more than two weeks it gets dirty no it just in rains and then it like cleans here, it off it naturally exactly <laughs> which is why i finally bit the bullet and went and got my car washed it also was like scary i like, didn't know what to do and i was just like i didn't want to ask questions it was it was kind of like a very anxious experience well, for me wash? Yes, it was. It was. I didn't know what to do, so I. I, I I'd I don't like know. a car wash, please. Okay, that'll be twenty two dollars. You hand him your credit card, then you go wait for the guy with the towel to spin it over his head, and then you walk out and you get in the car. You tip him five bucks and you keep it moving. I also like had my window down because I thought the towel guy was going to talk to me, and then he was like, "You can put your window up." I was like, "Oh, okay, sorry." We're gonna have to secret. do some like yeah. Some I got I got to hook tutorials. you up, man. We got to get you right because <laughs> yeah, look, we're down true. here at the plush ESPN Los Angeles studio of downtown LA Live. It's a little car wash spot. You know, you come in early to work, drop your car, tell them, hey, I'll be back in a couple hours. They'll take care of it. They give you some tender love and care. And you can actually, the best thing about it is you can let it dry. Yeah. Like truly let it dry. Because you know how sometimes you don't necessarily let it dry and you forget and you press the window down and now you got a streaked up window. Or even for the rest when you just pull day. out of the lot and all of a sudden that that water that had collected underneath the hood and by the oh, windshield yeah. just sprays up on the hood. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of little tricks that we got to teach you. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So the Rams haven't had a pick in the first round since Jared Goff was taken number one overall. That was yeah. the last time they picked in the first round. They're not going to pick in the first round for quite some time because they had to get Jared Goff out of here and give the Lions a couple of first-round picks to get him to do it. So the, the the focus falls on their second-round picks, right? Who do they go and use their first pick on? Maybe not a first-rounder, but their first pick. This year, it's been 2-2 Atwell out of Louisville. Dude can fly, just absolutely burn. But, Kirk, he's small. Yeah. He's really small. And let, let me say this again. He's really, really small. And every time they would hit him on Saturday night, I was holding my breath. And more often than not, when he got up, he was limping. He had to go to the sidelines, catch his breath a little bit, just kind of, you know, make sure that whatever got nicked up was okay. I'm worried about him and just his size and whether or not he's going to be able to hang in the NFL. Well, they list him, and this is his list, at 5'9", 155. Mm, that's so, like my right leg. 
<laughs> my right leg's one thirty-five. And 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 Travis, you you mentioned that you've been to some boxing events before, things like yep. that. I think you've seen Floyd Money Mayweather before, right? Sure. And he is a little guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like little tiny guy. And I mean, you know, obviously he's one of the best of all time in terms of of, uh, of boxing, but he's a small guy. But Devontae Smith is a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's actually the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. He is similar in stature, except he's six foot instead of five nine, like Tutu Atwell. He is six feet. He claims he's one seventy four, but I would say he's more one sixty five. These guys like Tutu Atwell. They are of smaller stature. We we get it. But this is where they got to find ways to get out of bounds. They got to find ways to catch, get down. But remember, their greatest asset is their speed. Yep. So Tutu Atwell, if Sean McVay has him going into the fire, when I say the fire is going into a pile or a crowd, that's not good for Tutu Atwell. <laughs> he no, may not survive not. that. What he needs to do is run fast and keep running fast. And then get run him. out of bounds or get down on the <laughs> ground. Right? Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, with certain players, you want to see what is, you know, what they can take and what they cannot. You know, has he been banged up a little bit? Well, we saw him, you know, tossed around a little bit. But, man, when the ball is in his hands, though, there is a different speed. There is a different gear that he brings. And so how do you limit him from staying out of harm's way, though, too? Though, Travis, that's the hard part because what I did see from him in college as a little guy, that nobody could catch him. I remember Dante Hall. Remember the, the, uh, what oh, was sure. Chief. Dante Hall. What was he? The human joystick. The joystick. Area. Yeah. I could, we, we could never get a hand on him. Like, that <laughs> dude was just <laughs> – and he was of the same size. So that's what you're hoping, that he just becomes this human joystick and continue to that you can never get a hit on him. Okay. So if he was their top overall pick in the second round, some of the guys that came at the back end of the draft, Jake Funk from Maryland, and we've seen Xavier Jones. These are the two guys that are fighting to become Daryl Henderson's backup. Both of these guys looked pretty good on Saturday night, in particular Jones. Now, the numbers are really similar, so you can't just look at the numbers and say, okay, this guy's a little ahead of that guy. But Jones had a couple of other runs that got brought back because of penalties that really showed a little burst. Like, he got around the corner a couple of times that were really nice plays. Now, does this change the thing? Because Let's back up a little bit. Coming into the season, it was Cam Akers' job. Cam Akers was the guy that seemed to be the workhorse for them going into the second part of the season. Certainly in the playoffs, he was the guy that they leaned on really heavily, and he looked good. He goes down with that Achilles injury. Daryl Henderson slides into the lead role. Daryl Henderson hasn't played a lot of NFL football. Neither Funk nor Jones have played a lot of NFL football. Are the Rams good right there? Because it still seems to me like they need somebody that's been around the block a few times to make sure that Matthew Stafford doesn't get one from behind. Yeah, you're going to continue to see watching the waiver wire. And tomorrow, actually, Travis, um, teams now will cut down from 85 to 80. So five more guys will no longer have work. And now you're getting to that final cut, which we know is less than two weeks away, which is always the hardest day in the NFL. But it also can be a great day in the NFL as guys will probably find other teams. The Rams will look at that. They will find another running back. They also lost Raymond Calais, who was also in that mix of running backs and he hurt his foot, but he was more valuable because he was going to give them a return look game. at special teams, kickoff, yeah. punt, return. Now he won't be out there. So the Rams are going to have their work to do. I mean, Leslie's got, he's got something up his sleeve. You mentioned they don't have draft capital, right? They yeah. don't have something that they, they don't have anything to give up, meaning like 
I know they wouldn't give up a first rounder or a second rounder or a third rounder, but is there a team out there that would love a late round pick to bring in a running back just for the sake of experience, or do you bring someone in on your practice squad? I'm I'm just I'm not convinced that this group that they have right now is going to get them through the season. Daryl Henderson, Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, that they're going to get a running back. It just depends on who is available because there are some teams that are logjam. Travis, Houston Texans, logjam. Phillip Lindsay, uh, Mark Ingram, David Johnson. There are some teams that are going to have to get cheaper at that position that I think the Rams would pounce on. And that's why I think that's why they're being so coy. That's why they're being quiet, relaxed, because they know some guys will be available. They're finding guys. You know, they're, they're going to find some guys, whether it's somebody to put into the, the running back position that's a little bit more veteran. But talk a little bit about Chris Garrett. Chris Garrett, seventh-round pick out of Concordia, Minnesota. It's just small D2 school. Um, they Like you mentioned earlier, they didn't even have a season last year because of COVID. So that gets wiped out. He decides to go into the draft anyway. He gets picked up by the Rams in the seventh round. And, look, seventh-round picks, more often than not, don't make the team. Right. They just don't. They don't make the team. I mean, there's there's only so many spots, especially on a good team like the Rams. They kind of have what they have in mind going in. But that guy made an impact on Saturday night, Kirk. A couple of sacks along the way, a, a tackle for loss, a defended or a forced fumble. He deflected a ball that led to an interception. That that's how you make the team as a seventh rounder. Go out there and make some plays. And and I don't know if he makes it. I don't know if he's on that 53 man roster going into the regular season. But it does feel like he secured secured himself a place in the Rams organization at least for this season. I would say this: If the Rams were on hard knocks, the producers would be over there salivating, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is this is one of those guys, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, this is who we got to focus on." Chris Garrett, and look, it's just a great story. I, I root for small college guys. I know for me, I did that when I was uh, in the NFL, and I didn't say I wouldn't say I, I was at a Power Five, but I was at a Group of Five school. But mm-hmm. seeing guys in that lower rank HBCU D D two D three given an opportunity to go out there and play and give just to go out there and execute. And that's how people know your name. Like if you didn't know Chris Garrett before this, now you kind of know him a little bit and you may see him throughout the season, whether it's with the Rams, whether it's with another squad or maybe even later in the year, he may be called upon to start a couple games. Who knows? It's a crazy wacky NFL guys drop like flies. And it's a guy like Garrett who I think can, start to find his, his niche, what is his role within the team, but also be developed and can be a part of this Rams organization for years to come. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, another round of fact or cap. But coming up next, you ready for SC's football season to start? And, Kirk, I have a plan for USC to save not just their program but a couple other ones on the West Coast as well. That's up next. It's Travis and Slee on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Kirk, I think this is both good uh, good news, bad news situation, mostly good. Okay. These kids playing in the Little League World Series are better than the baseball players that I played against in high school. 
<laughs> yes. You know what I mean? They're just these kids are so good at this. Good. And the swings that they have, the mechanics that they have at the plate. These do not look like little kids playing baseball. They look like teeny tiny little major leaguers with the way that they swing the bat. It's crazy. Man, they are like they're fundamentally sound they're at that really age. Really good. Um, I was watching the team from Torrance the other night. They got a twelve-year-old who was about five eight, I believe. Uh huh. And he's about 5'8", 175, and he is just unloading. I mean, he's hitting him, and he's he almost can just flip the bat because he knows it's gone when he hits it. I mean, it was uh, it's been pretty fun watching it, man. I I never got that far, but I understand how fun it is. Oh. Some of the best years yeah. of playing baseball. Really, really fun. It's pouring in Williamsport right now. The kids are playing in the middle of what looks like a monsoon along the way. A couple of tweets real quick. Don't forget you can send us our tweet anytime you'd like, at Travis Rogers, at Kirk Morrison. This is from Orange Daddy Ford. It says, after Travis threw out his first pitch, did he pound his chest and with both outstretched arms point to the sky? <laughs> no, John. I did not do that. What I did was is I just walked off of the, the mound, got out of there as quick as I could. I shook Garrett Richards' hand, who was my catcher along the way, and just kept it moving. That's how I did it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Showboating, man. Look at you, man. Showboating, pounding I, his chest. I didn't point up to Artie Moreno's suite and say, see, I'd like, you know, give, give me a contract. Let's go. Let's go. Here's one, and I know where this is going. It's from Gfish21. Any comment on Trav's angel jersey he wore for the first pitch, fitting three numbers on the back with no issues? All right. <laughs> okay. So, Kirk, did you notice that by chance? Emily, did you notice that by chance? Was it 830? Yes, it's 830. <laughs> because I was working for a different station at the time whose call, you know, numbers, dial number was 830. Uh, they had 830 on the back. <laughs> and my friends take no small amount of pleasure in pointing out how easy it was to put three numbers on the back of my jersey. It was, it was slim stitching. Up. I'm going to go with yeah, that. The, the, the numbers were very, were very skinny, okay? We, got, we fit it there. Yeah, well. I didn't notice all that. Now I'm like, now I got to watch it over again. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You can just I do. You can just leave it there along the way. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance and Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Okay, the idea of an alliance between the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big Ten continues to make some noise it doesn't seem like it's being particularly well uh, received in fact let's start with this let's take a listen to Paul Feinbaum here who was talking about just what he thinks about the alliance between those three leagues in years past the SEC's closest friend among conferences has been the ACC Uh, as far as alliances the SEC and and the Big 12 have been close over the years the the Sugar Bowl uh, tie-in between the Big 12 in the SEC, the, the Big 12 SEC Basketball Alliance. That's all over now. Uh, and what, what all these other leagues are saying is the SEC has left us behind. To me, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for proud conferences like the Pac-12. Well, let me, let me scratch that. Like the Big Ten and the ACC to join with the Pac-12 and pretty well admit that we're having to combine forces to compete with the SEC. And I still I cannot wait for the explanation next week when these commissioners get together about why they left out the Big 12. That's where all this began. The SEC allegedly raided the Big 12, but these guys are not backing them up either. Okay, 
I want to answer some of these questions. Number one, the, the root of all of this is what Paul Feinbaum said there in a minute when he threw shade at the Pac-12. Well, you know, a prestigious conference like the Pac-12. Well, let me, let me start over. The Big Ten, right? <laughs> a little bit of shade at the Pac-12 right there. Um, this idea that there isn't anything there. Here's the problem. He's kind of right. I'm a West Coast guy. I grew up rooting for the Pac-12 teams, Pac-10 teams back when I was a kid, and I love yep. the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the problem. There's not much there. The, 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 the conference really hit the skids over the last 10 years or so where they're not competing for national championships, and on the few right. times that they do with Oregon and Washington, they're pretty quick outs, right? They're, 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 they have not been competitive the way that some of these other leagues have been. And the biggest problem of all, Kirk, is that SC hasn't been in the mix. SC, is for whatever you want to say about Oregon being the best team in the conference, and they probably are, Utah putting the most guys in the NFL, which they have. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, fine. SC is the tent pole of the Pac-12. Correct. If SC isn't good, whatever happens in the rest of the Pac-12 doesn't really matter. And here's what I think SC should do. Here's why I think that the SEC thing, the Pinell Feinbaum's an SEC guy, it's fine. The SEC has bad teams in it, too. They do. There, there are Arkansas's dreadful. There's no reason for Arkansas to be <laughs> yeah. any, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, I think they're any better than Oregon State or Washington State. It's the same yeah. thing. They're bad teams. Why doesn't USC just say, you know what? For football, we're good. We're not going to play in this league anymore. We're going to go play an independent schedule the way that Notre Dame does, the way that BYU does, because playing against Arizona and playing against Cal really doesn't mean anything anymore. This whole thing is coming to an end anyway, right? The conferences as we know them are coming to an end fast. This is what we're talking about. So why not just go out there and say, you know what, we're going to put together, we'll play Alabama, we'll play Georgia, we'll play Ohio State, we'll play Texas, we'll play Oregon, we'll pick the teams that we want to pick. Why do they have to be a part of this conference anymore when the conference is dying on a vine? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's probably the best route for them. It's a great point, Travis. I think it's a good idea because I look at what Notre Dame has been able to do, and there's a reason why they seem like they're in the college football playoff every other year mm-hmm. because I think you're they get to pick who they get to play against. They play probably one or two tough games a year, and that's it. And, look, Alabama is the best team in the SEC, and then there's a bunch of okay teams, and then the rest are bad. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Pac-12, same thing. Like, you have SC, I'll throw in Oregon there, and then you got a bunch of okay teams that'll make it, and then you got a bunch of bad teams at the bottom. I think what's best for USC, though, is to figure out, hey, going forward, what will we do if we were independent? Because I think the revenue stream for the Pac-12 really runs through USC. It is the premier the university in the Market. conference. It, it's it's come on, man. Like it's all about USC when it comes to a lot of the sports: basketball, baseball, football. USC always finds a way uh, to put themselves in the in that in that upper echelon of the conference in all sports. But if you're able to do, to still play other sports within the conference, but be able to go football only elsewhere, like Notre Dame is, I would strongly consider that. If I'm Mike Bone, the athletic director, going forward. Yeah, and, Not and, right and I, now, but going forward, yes, because the SEC has just shown you that this is the model that we're doing and this is where college football is heading. Yeah, well, look, do you want to be early or do you want to be late? That's the Correct. question that you're asking yourself. Do I want to be a little early and say, you know what, I'm leaving the Pac-12? Because I, I got news for you. You, you just heard what, what Feinbaum said, too. Well, what are they going to do about the Big 12? Nothing. The Big 12 is going to disintegrate into a big dust cloud because no one, there's no one left there 
that matters. No, you know, maybe Oklahoma State, if you really squint and try to come up with a <laughs> reason to put them in. But most of yeah. the teams, Oklahoma and Texas, were the spine of that conference. Without mm. it, you've got nothing. The Pac-12 had spine as SC and maybe Oregon, maybe Washington you can throw. But without them, you have nothing. So your, your question is, if you're Mike Bone or an athletic director at some of these schools, isn't, oh, do we try to say the Pac-12 is going to die the same way that the Big 12 mm. is on life support right now. Right? It's going to exist, but it's not going to matter. You're, you're still going to have a Pac-12 baseball conference, swimming and you know, right. volleyball. and all. Correct. It's going to exist in those things. But for football and basketball for a few of these schools, you just need to decide sooner or later, do I just want to go play in this quasi-minor league thing where everybody's really good and spending a ton of money trying to win, or do we want to have a more traditional college experience where really nobody's paying a whole lot of attention, but we still have some teams? Mm. Early or late? That's your choice. Yeah, I'm going early. Yeah. <laughs> You're arriving early and and get in front of it early as well. Just the way that Texas and Oklahoma decided to go run for the money over in the SEC. Um, USC still brings, I think, eyeballs. They bring a ton of eyeballs. Everybody wants to know how is USC. The best years, I think, of watching Southern California football was when USC was at its peak. Right, the Pete Carroll years. It was unbelievable watching those teams. That's what people still hold in Los Angeles. They were – the football team of Los Angeles, not the Rams, not the Chargers. It was you, you, you were trying to figure out how to get to the Coliseum on a Saturday evening because it was packed. It was yep. a spectacle. It was stars. It was celebrities. It was musicians everywhere. And it doesn't have that same feel anymore. And I think to regain that, you might have to step out. Look, we've seen it with all the boy band groups, right? You, you might have to step out on your own. I mean, yeah. let's be and honest. And SC's Timberlake, yeah, right? Exactly. He's, he's the one that's going to go out and have a career somewhere else and be able to go do something. Because, Kirk, you travel the country covering college football all over yeah. the country. Is there any team on the West Coast in the Pac-12, or you know, maybe not a Power 5, but just any team out here other than USC that anywhere else in the college landscape, and I'm talking about in the South and in the upper Midwest where college football is king, that they look at as a, yeah, that's a really good college football program. Is it SC and no one else or is somebody else cracked in there? Is Oregon I think in there? UCLA, yeah. anybody else? I'll throw Oregon in there. USC and Oregon. Even though that USC has not been to a college football playoff, Oregon has, I uh, remember, and they lost to uh, Ezekiel L.A. Ohio mm-hmm. State. That team mm-hmm. beat them. But outside of those two, no. Uh, Washington it was gr- was good. They had a good year, but they got beat up by, I believe, it was Alabama in the college football playoff. Yeah. Outside of Oregon and USC, I don't necessarily know, and I think a lot more because of Oregon because of what they've been able to do with Nike and the yeah. attention that they get from that. But those are the two big brands in the Pac-12 and outside of that, I don't know. There, there's much, much other, uh, much more meat on the bone after that. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, are we feeling a little bit better about the Dodgers and the Padres than we did a couple of months ago? But up next, fact or that's cap. Coming up next, Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Factor Cap. Um, Again, it means... Cap means false, not true, BS, just to review everybody out Baloney. there. <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> Baloney. All right. The first one up is, well, Pop-Tarts this weekend announced that they're going to kind of create a strudel so that it's uh, filled and like you can heat it up, things like that, like in, in the toaster. I know you can already do that with Pop-Tarts, but anyway. Pop-Tarts are not breakfast foods. Travis, is this fact or cap? Uh, that's a fact. And it's a fact because Pop-Tarts are not a breakfast food, a lunch food, a dinner food, a snack food. Pop-Tarts are disgusting. That, that, <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's one of those things that as a kid, you're like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's got frosting on the top and it's got that little paste in the middle or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, once you know what good pastry tastes like, that's the worst thing in the world. So I'm going to go fact that it's not a breakfast food because it's not any food. Travis, I could not disagree with you more. This is all the way, Cap. Come on, man. It's a Pop-Tart. Anything you put in the toaster should be considered breakfast anyway. Like, think about it. Who uses their toaster after 10 a.m.? Tell me. <laughs> it's kind of a good Tell point. me. Like, is, is there anybody out there who uses their toaster after 10 a.m.? I know some people are like, oh, well, you know, I toast for my peanut butter and jelly. All right, yeah. whatever. That's fine. But I'm saying, come on, man. Be real. Pop-Tarts in the mornings. I'm not doing a Pop-Tart at like at like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. I'm putting a Pop-Tart in in the morning. It's a breakfast. Anything in a toaster, that's breakfast, Kurt, man. before you go to pop that uh, Pop-Tart into the toaster <laughs> on the next morning, just take a bite out of the drywall in your living room. It's the exact <laughs> same thing. You, know, you, won't, you won't miss a single part of the experience. All right. Up next, Walker Bueller has a better chance of winning a World Series MVP than the Cy Young this year. Kirk, is this fact or cap? Hmm. Um, I would have to go. This is Cap. I I think he's got a better chance of of, of winning the Cy Young, right? I think he's got an opportunity because he's going to be on the best team. The Dodgers are going to win the division. And then when that always gives you uh, the leg up saying that, look, regardless of what happened with the Dodgers throughout the season and their injuries, he's still been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. I think he can win the Cy Young before they win the World Series. Yeah, I'll go cap because I, not that I don't think he can win the Cy Young. I think he will. But I think that the odds are better of winning a World Series MVP. It's a league, especially with the role that he's going to play, where he's going to pick a, or pitch, I should say, a couple of different games in what, mm-hmm. six or seven game series. He's going to get a couple of them. He would have been the World Series MVP last year had that gone to seven games, and he won. True. He'd been yeah. the backbone of that team. So I think he's got a chance to win both, or both, I should say. But I think that I'll take him at the uh, the World Series MVP because I think the Dodgers are going to get back there. And I think that as good as Max Scherzer has been, Bueller still gets the opportunity to get that MVP. All right, up next. It kind of went a bit viral this weekend that someone broke up with someone on, via the Jumbotron. And so <laughs> here's my statement. Getting broken up with on the Jumbotron is better than getting proposed to via the Jumbotron. Travis, mm. is this factor cap? Uh, 
fact because I'm not the one that got broken up with. If it were me on the <laughs> receiving end of that, it would be cap because no one wants to be humiliated like that. I'm not entirely sure that it wasn't a setup, but it was pretty funny to see. I forget what the woman's name was, but like, Nicole, this relationship is over or whatever. It's, which is for, for somebody that wasn't a part of the relationship, I thought was pretty hilarious. So I'm going to go with fact right there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Travis, on this one. Fact. My, my only thing about this, though, Emily, is this. We're talking about someone who said, hey, our relationship is over. It was on the Jumbotron. But think about all the other like ladies who were there who had the same name. <laughs> and what if they were with somebody? Like, think about that. They'd be like, what? Did you do this? Because like, it's not tagged. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's tagged with a name. But just think about it. Some Somebody else who has the same name possibly could have thought something went down like that. So, By the way, why bring her to the game to break up? Just say the day before, hey, listen, this ain't working out. I'm going to the ball game with my buddies tomorrow night. And then you could put something on the scoreboard that says, hey, we're having a great time, Nicole. You know, wish you weren't here. So, so something like that. I don't know. Yeah, That's it's an expensive breakup because you got to buy the tickets. You got to, you know, buy yeah. your beer probably. Yeah, no, that, that's an expensive breakup. Um, all right, up next. Matthew Stafford needs to play at an MVP level for the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. Kirk, is this factor cap? No, this is this is cap. No, this is cap. And the reason why it's cap is because this is my cliche that I'm going to – not my cliche, but my analogy for the Rams I'm going to use all season long. Matthew Stafford walked into a turnkey operation. This is a turnkey house. Everything was already set. All he had to do was just bring a, a couple of bags of clothes – you know what I mean? Just fill up your closet. He didn't have to worry about buying new furniture. And no, just come in, sit down, and stay. That's it. They got to the playoffs last year without him. This year, they can do the same. They'll get to the playoffs with him, but it was because of the defense. It was because of the wide receivers, the offensive line. To me, he just has to be just better than Jared Goff, and I don't think that that's at an MVP level. It's just better than what Jared Goff has been able to do for the last four or five years, which hasn't been terrible, but – Definitely not. Uh, it doesn't have to be of the Patrick Mahomes MVP type level. Yeah, no, that's cap. He just needs yeah. to be himself, and he hasn't exactly. been an MVP in the league before. He just needs to play like he's always played, and that's more than good enough. To be the, the team that needs their quarterback to play like an MVP to go to the Super Bowl would be somebody like Russell Wilson. Russell right. Wilson oh, yeah. needs to play at an incredibly Correct. high level to get that group of guys to go to the Super Bowl, whereas the Rams just need competent quarterback play, above average quarterback play. They don't need MVP quarterback play to get to the Super Bowl. A team like Seattle and Russell Wilson, that's where you need to see an MVP run. All right, up next, air frying a steak is the worst way to cook a steak. Travis, factor cap. I'm going to say cap, and here's why. I don't I, – first of all, I haven't cooked a steak in the air fryer. I, okay. But I, I'm going to make a, a confession here, Kirk. I was mm -hmm. deeply anti-air fryer, okay? I thought that there's no way. This thing sucks. It's huge. It, it makes a lot of noise. It stinks up the kitchen. All of these things, I'm thinking this is not a good thing. Wrong. It's awesome. It's we, got it. we got an air fryer a few yeah. months ago. We use it all the time. It is an absolutely wonderful kitchen appliance. I haven't done a steak, but I'm just going to assume because everything else that's come out of that thing has been really good, that a steak would be pretty good too. Yeah, uh, this is Cap. I mean, I'm using that thing three to four days a week. It's awesome. I've come up with uh, <laughs> different chicken wing, like party wing recipes. Um, to where I just get the rings nice and crispy, plain, and then I can just do my own marinades on the side. Now, I did two what steaks last week, over? actually. 
So this is what happens. I go into the market, right? So the market. I don't know where everybody goes. For me, I'm a Ralph's guy, okay? I'm loyal okay. to Ralph's, all right? If you want to fight me, fight me, okay? <laughs> I'm not going into Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Hey, I'm not, I got Kirk a local is Ralph's. going to go throw down on that Ralph's <laughs> corner, whether you like it or not. I yeah, I'm it. going down over to Ralph's. And we all know, for people who don't know this, and this is the cost efficiency that I live with, I walk into Ralph's early in the morning after I drop my kids off at school. So you get there about 8, 830. They actually put out the meat, the discounted meat. That's not that's not like old. It's not the, the due date is not there or it could be the final day for it. Mm-hmm. And you're getting like a a New York strip that instead of for like nine bucks, it's now four fifty. OK, and I'm going to grab that steak. And guess what? I'm going to marinate it, you know, season it up. I'm putting it in the air fryer nine minutes per side on the steak uh, actual icon. So I put the steak okay. icon in. I'm doing nine, nine, maybe not necessarily nine on the second side, Travis, because you you're making a Sliwa get... steak at that point. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not turning. No, murdered. I'm not doing beef. Yeah, I'm not doing beef jerky. Okay, <laughs> that's what my buddy always says. Hey, man, if you want to get a well done steak, why don't you just eat be- eat beef jerky? But I'm gonna get it to where. And this is what I always do because I can cut a slit right in the top, and mm-hmm. if the juices are bubbling up to the top, all right, it's done. Ready to it go. It just depends on how you want it. But yes, Travis, an air fryer steak is bomb because you also too get to play with the marinades on. Yeah, top. I get the juices in there. Oh man, I get to play with different because I'll cook it like seasoned, and then I may have like a little teriyaki glaze that I may just put over the top, and it actually melts in. So yes, I'm a foodie. If you get enough, I, I like everything you said there, except for the phrase "discounted meat." We're gonna have to find a different way to say that. I, I like I like where your head's at on it. Well, I they, like that you're being economical. It's discounted because they can't sell awful. it. Like, think about it. Today's date, we all know is what. What's, I don't even know what the day's date. August twenty third, right? So you walk into the store. It's like, look, it's discounted today because tomorrow they can't sell it. Let's, so let's, let's, super savings plan. Discounted meat sounds bad. One more. Oh, yeah, super savings. <laughs> there you go. All right, last one. The Pac-12 will have a team in the top five this year in college football. Travis, is this factor cap? I need I need more information at the end of the season or at any point. At any the point, they will have a team in the top five. I'll, I'll say that's fact. The, the, the teams will start to pick each other off at different points. There will be a Pac-12 team that stays unbeaten for a little bit. That's just the way that it tends to go. They'll, Oregon might find their way in there. You could see a situation where maybe USC gets in there if they, if they catch a couple breaks along the way. So I'll, I'll say that that's fact. I don't know if they stay very long, but I think they'll get in there. Yeah, this is fact. I'm going to go with fact. Um, actually, I'm starting to do my, my preseason stuff right now, and I'm not going to lie to you. There's something about those Oregon Ducks that they've got a huge game early on against Ohio State at Ohio State. If they're able to beat Ohio State, they are not only, to me, guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff, mm. but they're a top-five finisher at least. And they at, always at the find worst. a way to kick one at some point yeah. that you never expect them to kick one to. That's, that's kind of their mo along the way travis and slee is brought to you by progressive insurance all guests appear via the goodyear hotline with the pods out of the wild card game for the first time since april are they a little bit more a little bit less dangerous that's coming up plus the dump it's travis and slee 710 espn 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. And, okay, Kirk, it is Kobe Bryant's, or would be Kobe Bryant's 43rd birthday today. And we talked a lot about how, you know, he is a, a, a one-team guy that made an incredible impact on his city, et cetera, et cetera. Steph Curry is probably another one of those guys. I can't yeah. see Steph playing for anybody else. The, Correct. He's making $53 million a year and not a lot of places to go at that point. So <laughs> right. good for Steph. Steph's on that list too. And I think Steph and Kobe have this in common as well. When Kobe Bryant came into the league, the criticisms are wrong. The observation, that's a better word. The mm-hmm. observation yeah. of, of people that were watching Kobe as a young player was, man, does this guy remind me of Michael Jordan. The way that he'd do interviews, the way that he looked, the way that he would play his game. He kind of modeled his game after MJ. And wh- why not, right? If you're going to be a great player, Jordan's a pretty good guy to try to emulate. And you hear it now. You hear guys like Devin Booker, who we talked about a lot during the NBA uh, Finals through the entire playoffs, that Kobe was an inspiration for him as well. That right. Kobe's one of those guys that a lot of NBA players right now was their favorite player growing up, that that's his legacy as much as anything else, that he inspired a generation of NBA players as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he inspired Dave Chappelle skits, right? The Kobe! Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It was just... That's what people remember a lot because Kobe Bryant took the last shot, right? He wanted the last shot. He embraced the last shot. He embraced the Mamba mentality. Uh, Kobe! You know what? <laughs> he embraced that, 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 that mentality of give me the difficulty because I want to show you that I'm going to come out on top. Yeah, and, right? that, and I'm not that Mamba afraid. mentality too, right? That idea yeah. of – I don't care what it takes. I'm going to find a way to get it done. The, the stories about you know guys showing up at practice at five o'clock in the morning to be the first one there, and Kobe mm-hmm. was finishing a workout at five a.m. <laughs> yes. It's like okay, and there aren't a lot of guys like that. There are a lot of great players. Like yeah. LeBron James is a great player to be sure, Correct. but you don't hear a lot of guys say that about LeBron. Now I'm sure there are guys, that, but because and part of it is. There are not a lot of guys that are like LeBron that are 6'9", right. 270 pounds, ripped and just fast. And you know, I, I can't do that. But I can do. You know, Michael Jordan, by NBA standards, was a regular sized person. He yes. wasn't. He's a six foot six guy. Kobe's a six foot seven guy. Without you know these extraordinary, I mean, really, really gifted guy. Don't get me wrong, but. You can't be Shaq. You can't be Kareem. You can't be mm-hmm. LeBron James. But when you sit with Kobe and you look at, at a guy like Jordan, you're like, you know what? I, if I work like that guy, maybe I can be like that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And the mentality that he had and to continue to always work and work. And I think to watch – and what makes him a little bit different too is that you got a chance to really watch him grow. Remember, he was came straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. So we got a chance to watch him not only like grow up, mature, um, and then watch him go through the years of – whether it was, um, you know, winning championships or even not winning championships and what it took. And you got the same Kobe every single time. We saw his frustration in wanting to win and wanting to be great. And he demanded that 
we just, you know, poor Smush Parker, you know? It's just some guys, <laughs> yeah, you know, didn't. just got the bad end of it, though. Yeah, he, he did. All right, let's go to the Dodgers and the Giants very quickly. The Dodgers, since the All-Star break, are 10, 22 and 12. You're like, yeah, all right, mm-hmm. 22 and 12. We'll take that. The Giants are 23 and 12. Okay, so they've been just as good as the Dodgers along the way. However, here's something that makes Dodger fans, me, feel pretty good. Dodgers still have a 62% chance of winning that division, according to the people who know how to do math. The Giants have a 38% chance of winning that division. The Dodgers may be playing great. The Giants may be able to hold them off, but it just feels inevitable that we're finally starting to get into that range where the games are starting to be a little more important. The Giants are going to have to continue to keep pace because it doesn't feel like the Dodgers are going to back up. Well, I think also, too, the big stat in there is the run differential. Yeah. Whereas that the Dodgers are, are scoring runs, you know, plus 62 since the All-Star break. And it kind of goes to our point about the Giants. The Giants are just finding a way to win. I mean, they'll they'll win off a wild pitch and the guy scores from second kind of thing because their run differential is a plus 26. It's not like they're winning blowouts. It's not like they're blowing teams out. They're winning the close game. They're making the right adjustments at the end. And that's the way their team is built. They don't have the same firepower as the Dodgers. And I think that's what gives um, a lot of these percentages to win that the Dodgers just have the better team because they can explode at any point in the game where there's that the Giants are just trying to keep it close and they're going to make the right adjustments toward the end. Dodgers can just blow you out by five runs at any inning. Thank goodness the Dodgers made that trade when they did it because Trey Turner and Max Scherzer have been absolutely fantastic since coming over. Trey Turner, Trey Turner's been the best player on their team since they made mm-hmm. that trade, and, and oh, that yeah. doesn't mean that other guy Muncy's been great. Muncy might be the MVP of the league, but right. Trey Turner has been the best player on this team for the last uh, couple of weeks since they made it. And Max Scherzer has been brilliant when he's gone out there and did everything else. He got us. Did you see him uh, stiff Cody Bellinger on the high five after he no, hit his I, first I didn't home see run? It. He's stiff. So he and. He and Seeger are kind of talking, and Cody's standing back behind. He's got his hand up like high five, and Turner just disses him and walks away the other way. It was great. It was uh, it was good to see. All right, this spin radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Kirk, right now it's time for the dump. It is Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN. The Max Kellerman Show is coming up in minutes. It is the final segment of Travis Slee, and you know what we do for the final segment. It's got an unfortunate name, but a great purpose. It's all the stuff we didn't get to. We call it The Dump. Like he needed another job. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is hosting Jimmy Kimmel tonight, right? Stephen A. Yeah. of SportsCenter, Stephen A. of his own ESPN Plus series, Stephen A. of course of First Take, Stephen A. of NBA coverage, Stephen A. of UFC coverage, Stephen A. of everything. Go ahead and add guest host on Jimmy Kimmel's show. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah, man. I mean, what what else uh, can he do? I mean, he does it all. So I'll be interested. Let's we'll see what Stephen A.'s got. I do want to see him in just some outside of sport debates, though, too. See, because he is actually really funny. I tell people all he the time. He is funny. They're like, have you met Stephen? I was like, yeah. Stephen A is the coolest dude. He's laid back. But, man, once that microphone lights up red as you're on, he is he, – he, he, He's gone. He's, in a, he's gone. He's in a different <laughs> element. He is truly um, – he's in his element, in, in his world. I, I think that be- I want to see him host Bachelor in Paradise because they're rotating hosts for The Bachelor this ah, this Bachelor in Paradise. Like if he that. had hosted really? Bachelor in Paradise, I would be so into that. Just doing all the drama, <laughs> debating with the guys on the team on on that are trying to win girls. I want it. I think I that would be good. Look, he's going to be good on anything because he's going to be prepared. He's going to be ready to go. That's true. Could you? So this is one of these things I think would be incredibly fun to do to get to be like a guest host on Saturday Night Live. 
because that mm. that is not just because Stephen A. As good of a job as I expect him to do on Jimmy Kimmel, he's a broadcaster. He can right. sit there and he can talk to somebody. He does it every single day. Mm-hmm. He's like you said, he's funny. He can tell a joke. He can do a monologue and probably deliver some jokes along the way. Uh, but being on Saturday Night Live is a totally because you got to act a little bit and you got it. You got to there, There's a, a whole element to that that's a totally different dynamic. I think that would be fun to see him do something like that too. Yeah, and you got to read your lines and all that stuff too. So, I, but I think he can do it though. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that can do it. All right, Kirk. So we got to see the Raiders on Saturday night against the Rams. The Athletic was reporting that the Raiders tried to get Khalil Mack from the Bears earlier this preseason. Try, or I should say, try to get Khalil Mack back from the Bears earlier this season. What the hell is that? Well, I mean, if you wanted Khalil Mack, how about you keep Khalil Mack, especially considering what you used those first-round draft picks on, which was not a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, basically, again, it goes to the what I've always talked about with the Rams. The Rams have had all of these picks before from the RG3 trade, and they necessarily didn't really pan out. They didn't get a lot out of those trades. And so the Rams were like, you know what? I'm tired of accumulating draft picks. Let's start giving them away and getting proven commodities, proven players. The Raiders said we needed draft picks. We needed draft picks. They got draft picks in order, I mean, for Khalil Mack to go to Chicago. They realized we still need a pass rusher. All those draft picks did not yield us a pass rusher. We've kind of hit we've kind of missed with the Cleveland Farrell, who was picked fourth overall. Mm-hmm. And we need a pass rusher. They wanted to get Khalil Mack back, but I don't know if I would go back to a team or I don't know if I would have been traded. I mean, if I would have would have wanted to be okay going back to the team. That ultimately threw me away because they wanted to build up and they still in the same spot that they were four years ago when they made well, a trade or three. What it does to me is it just shows that they don't have a plan <laughs> or, or, or their plan and they're changing course in their plan right now because mm-hmm. look, there are two different ways to do this. And the perfect example is what we saw on Saturday night between the Raiders and the Rams. Everybody talks right. about how similar John Gruden and, and uh, Sean McVay are. And they are. They, you know, the way that they talk and their cadence and their, you know, their <laughs> posture and all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff, there, there's some similarities there to be sure. But the way that they run their programs couldn't be any more different. Oh, you you, you look at what the Rams have done, and the Rams have basically said, who's the best player? Jalen Ramsey. Okay, I'll take him. It's going to cost you some first-round draft picks. That's fine. I'll take him because I'm not drafting a player better than Jalen Ramsey. Same thing with Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford and going in and saying, you know what, give me one of these guys. You can take my picks, whereas the Raiders are taking question marks. Yeah, you can have there's there's not a better defensive player other than Aaron Donald in the league than Khalil Mack. What are we doing? Why are you why would you ever give you're not getting a better one of those and you're really not getting a better one of those if you're John Gruden who does the weirdest things in the world with his draft. It just Raiders have been bad since John Gruden has been there. The right. Rams have been good since Sean McVay has been there. The proof is there. It's not my opinion. Look at the way they use their picks and look at who's winning and look at who's not. Yeah, that's how it is always, right? It's just some guys have a plan or structure in place, some success. Raiders, man, my former team, got to get right, man. Get 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 it right, Raiders. <laughs> it's just crazy. Shohei Otani was in Williamsport. They had the Little League game last night. All he did was get on base three times. He had a couple of walks. He had a hit. And Mike Trout said it perfectly that Otani is basically a Little League player in the major leagues where I'm the fastest guy on the team. I'm going to steal the most bases. <laughs> yeah. I throw the hardest. I throw 101 miles an hour. I hit 450-foot bombs. Get the hell out of my way. Watch this. And all the other guys are, ooh, ah, ooh, Shohei. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a little league player in the major leagues. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was hilarious listening to Mike Trout say that because it was like in little league you pitch like six innings or five innings, and in the last inning you go play shortstop. He's like, well, in the major leagues you play <laughs> you play the eight in, you pitch eight innings, and they send you to right field. I thought that was hilarious, but because that is what Otani is doing, man. He, I think he really is, and watching him 
kind of uh, just interact with the little leaguers. I thought that was huge, man, just because he is going to be the next thing in baseball. And I hope he changes the way we view pitchers and hitters and everyday baseball players. And I hope he continues to do what he did where he got the old people out of the way and signed the autographs for the young people and said, look, let the kid get the autograph. Dad, mom, you stand back <laughs> there. And if he's got a few more minutes, then we can do that. Kirk is back again tomorrow. We've got a bunch of fun coming up at that point, too. Don't forget you can find the podcast for Travis and Slee. Go to the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter feed. They'll direct you right there. 8.55 tomorrow morning. Me and Kirk all over again. Don't you dare be late.